Hello and welcome to the Grace and Truth podcast with myself, John Fitzsimmons. I'm a Christian pastor based in Larne, Northern Ireland. In the podcast, I'll be walking through books or portions of the Bible with the aim of helping you trust and follow Jesus today. In the Gospel of John, we're told Jesus came to the world full of grace and truth. He came full of both because the world desperately needed both. It still does. This is why the Christian message remains more relevant than many realise. So why not put the kettle on, grab a Bible and enjoy exploring God's Word with me. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Grace and Truth podcast. We're going to be looking at Psalm 46 in this episode. So if you have a Bible with you, why don't you grab it and turn there now. Psalm 46 is a psalm that has encouraged many believers in troubling times. In the US, many pastors turned to it following the events of 9-11. It's brought comfort to brothers and sisters in persecuted countries around the world, in, in parts of the world where the church is persecuted. It was also Martin Luther's favourite psalm during the turmoil of the Reformation. In fact, Richard D. Phillips writes that Martin Luther spent his life in nearly constant peril because of the gospel and would turn his mind to this psalm when he was especially disheartened. Luther would turn to his friend and say, come Philip, let's sing the 46th psalm. In fact, Luther's famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, is actually in part a, a version of of this psalm, Luther commented, we sing this psalm to the praise of God because God is with us and powerfully and miraculously preserves and defends his church and his word against all fanatical spirits, against the gates of hell, against the relentless hatred of the devil and against all the assaults of the world, the flesh and sin. So let's read Psalm 46 together. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountain trembling at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The opening sentence of Psalm 46 captures the main theme of the psalm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's our refuge without and he's our strength 
within the rest of the psalm unpacks what it looks like and what it means for those who know God. In verses 2 to 3, the the psalm highlights this is why those who know him do not fear even the worst trouble imaginable. He says, therefore, we will not fear. Then in verse 4 to 6, the psalmist focuses on God being his people's help both within and without. Then in verses 8 and 9, he focuses on God's power over every potential military threat. He is the God who will end all wars. The refrain in verses 7 and 11 highlight that this is the same almighty God who is present is, a, is our present strength within and refuge without. The Lord of hosts is with us, writes the psalmist. That's strength within. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That's refuge without. More than anything, the psalmist wants us to know God as our refuge and strength, our very present help in times of trouble. So firstly, our reason for not fearing the worst knowing that God is our very present refuge and strength is our reason for not fearing the worst listen again to verses one to three God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble therefore we will not fear till the earth gives way till the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea though its waters roar and foam though the mountains tremble at its swelling. The language here describes earth-changing events, major upheavals in nature. It dramatically depicts the worst of natural disasters. The two things that ancient Israel feared most were natural disasters and invading armies, both of which are referred to in this psalm. The psalmist is declaring that God is their very present refuge and strength even in the midst of their worst nightmare as one person puts it even if the unthinkable should occur even if the implosion even the implosion of the earth God's faithfulness to his promises drives away fear even if everything as we know it changes even if the whole landscape of the world around us gives way even if we find ourselves in the middle of our worst nightmare or in the worst of times, God is our refuge and strength, our very present, ever ready, always available, well proved, easily found help. That's what this little phrase, very present help, communicates to us. And here's truth to strengthen our faith in the midst of all the present uncertainty in the world today. This is why we need not be characterised by fear. This is what the psalmist is highlighting before the first sealer in this psalm. Let, let this sink in that knowing God as our very present refuge and strength in trouble is what gives us the ability to say, therefore, we will not fear. Even if the earth, even if the very worst that we can imagine happens, that's the kind of confidence that we can face trouble in times with when we know God as our refuge and strength. So firstly, when we know God as our refuge and strength, it's our reason for not fearing the worst. But secondly, to know God as our very 
present refuge and strength is to know his help within and without. It's to know that he's our help within and without. Look at verses 4 and 5. There is a river, it says, whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. There is a contrast here between God's people not being moved and the mountain being moved that we read about in verse 2. The imagery, of course, is ancient Jerusalem, the place where God's presence dwelt in the Old Testament era, which became symbolic of God dwelling with his people. God dwelt with his people and he was their glory. Here the psalmist talks about a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Yet earthly Jerusalem had no river. It had a tunnel built by Hezekiah, which God actually wasn't very happy about at the time because it expressed trust in human ingenuity over God's protection. However, Jerusalem had no river or streams like what is described here. This is what we find in the Psalms of Zion, of which this is one, a holy city that in some ways depicts ancient Jerusalem, but in other ways does not. In the bigger story of scripture, there is a Jerusalem that has a river. The new Jerusalem that John saw coming down from heaven in Revelation 21, 22. Ezekiel also foresaw this in his powerful vision in chapter 47 of his prophecy, a passage with this, which describes the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit and the fruitfulness that results. This is one reason why we need to be careful about applying biblical promises to present day Jerusalem. For there are some things that can and will only be fulfilled in the new Jerusalem. Which is why the author of Hebrews underlined to his Jewish recipients. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city which is to come. And such psalms should make us long for the arrival of this heavenly city. However, the original author would not have known anything about John's vision in Revelation, although he may have known about Ezekiel's. Most likely he would have been using this language to poetically describe God himself as the strength, nourishment and joy of his people. God dwelling in the midst of his people, supplying all they need to flourish and remain secure. Their strength within. Dale Moody once shared the following story. A man visited the World Fair in Chicago in one occasion and in the distance he saw someone robed in bright colourful oriental clothes who appeared to be laboriously turning a crank on a pump thereby he was making a mighty flow of water come the man was impressed with the other man's energy and the smooth motions and his obvious physical condition and he was pumping a tremendous amount of water Drawn closer, however, he was surprised to discover that the man was actually made of wood. Instead of turning the crank and making the water flow, the flow of water was actually turning the crank and making the man go. And that's Christianity. That's how it works when God is our strength within. 
all the fruitfulness comes because of the river within. So that rather than pumping, pumping, pumping until we drop, we are energised by the very same streams that make glad the city of God. As New Testament believers, we know today that God's presence in the person of the Holy Spirit dwells within us as individuals and in our midst as a believing community. We are his temple. Even as we wait for the Holy City to come from above, we can know that he is our strength within, causing us to flourish and remain secure, even as the nations rage and kingdoms totter all around us. That's what the psalmist says next. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The focus here is on the power of God's voice. The one who is with us as our strength within and fortress without is the one whose voice causes the earth to melt. He is our refuge, our security, our hiding place, our protection. As Luther put it in his famous hymn that I referenced at the beginning. And though this world with devil's fell should threaten to undo us, we will not fear for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. At times it may appear that the enemy has the upper hand. But the psalmist is telling us God can easily turn the tide with only a, wor- a word. Thirdly and finally, to know God is our very present refuge and strength is to have confidence that all will be well in the end. All will be well in the end. Listen to the rest of the psalm. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The section before and this final section Finish with the exact same refrain. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This phrase, the Lord of hosts, pictures God riding with the innumerable armies of heaven. This is the God who is with us as our fortress and strength in times of trouble. He is the one who brings desolation and end ends war on earth. Many think Psalm 46 refers to the invasion of the Assyrian conqueror Sennacherib during the reign of Hezekiah. Sennacherib led a a vast army that overran the whole region and then came against Jerusalem. His envoys made mocking demands for the Jews to surrender, but on the advice of Isaiah, Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. In response, God destroyed the Assyrians in a single night. Isaiah 37, 36 reports that at the word of the Lord, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. This is how easy it was for God to deliver his people. 
This is the one who is our strength within and refuge without. That's what the psalmist wants us to understand. And this is the God who will one day destroy every threat to his people and end all war. Like with Sennacherib's vast army, it may seem at times like evil forces are overrunning the world. However, every such force has a sell-by date. For when our God utters his voice, empires melt to nothing. Even some of those that look strongest in the world today, when he utters his voice, empires melt to nothing. This is the very same Lord who has promised to build his church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And ultimately, when our conquering Christ comes, riding with the innumerable armies of heaven, then every weapon that threatens God's people will be shattered forever. The tables will be turned. This is why we can have confidence that all will be well in the end, even when we face our worst nightmares. This is why we can say, therefore, we will not fear. For all that is promised to Israel finds its greater fulfillment in Christ. In light of this, in light of all of this, the only thing that we're directly asked to do in the whole of Psalm 46 is found in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is also the only thing God directly says in the whole Psalm. Let that sink in. Be still. Stop striving. Relax. Settle yourself. That's how this word can be understood. I know that I'm God. And know that I am God. Dallas Willard once said that, writes that, learn that you don't have to do to be. And the being he writes off starts here with being still and knowing that God is God. In the midst of earth-changing events, raging nations, tottering kingdoms, desolations and burning chariots, the only thing God says, and it might even be applied that he shouts this, is be still and know that I am God. Everything else in the psalm is either descriptive of God himself or of those who know him as the refuge and strength. The core disposition of the person who truly knows their God is stillness, not striving. Quiet confidence is what characterizes the one who knows God as their very present refuge and strength, not arrogance, quiet confidence. For come what may, we know we're on the right side of history because the Lord of history is our very present refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength to his people who are in themselves weak and helpless against the forces of nature and evil. However, when we know him as our refuge and strength, a quiet confidence resides and grows within. Even if the earth gives way, we do not fear because our divine helper is still with us. And in the end, he will be vis visibly exalted over all. I hope that encourages you today. God bless.
thanks so much for listening to the podcast and um, hope you enjoyed this latest episode and stay tuned for another episode in the near future that will be based on psalm 47 as we continue to explore the psalms written specifically by the sons of Korah. so take care and until next time may you know god with you right where you are